Hello and welcome to Gone Guilty Podcast. I'm Georgia. And I'm Greg. And this week we have a Greg episode. So Greg will be leading this episode like usual. And I'll be following along live. Not like usual really, is it? <laughs> you know what <laughs> The old classic setup. <laughs> the classic setup, but it's Greg's turn this week. Indeed. I've got lined up um, a case that really, I just, it, I find it just really hard to wrap my head around, and I'm sure everyone else will, um, just to put people out of their misery. Before we before we do the usual, uh, you know, chatter at the beginning, uh, it's the case of Elliot Roger, so you guys might know him as, he's been called the Virgin Killer and also the Incel Killer. Mm-hmm. and. He just epitomizes oddball. So really interested to get your take on this one, Georgia, and to see what everyone else thinks. But before we do that, how are you doing? Tell us all. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I managed to have a dip in the sea tonight, so before we Ooh. record, so that was always lovely. Um and I went to my first it was a day festival since covid which uh, it was all outdoors don't worry and there wasn't that many people there but it was just lovely to hear live music again and be able to dance and yeah have a bit of a boogie which was really really fun and of course in a couple days time it's my birthday so yeah lots happening lots happening all good stuff (laughs) exciting times you got another one lined up for this weekend as well right I do, I do, yeah. It's only going to be, Luke and I are going to go to it, just us two now. So it'll be quite a nice, cute festival. Um, Mooching around, really. I think I think this one's more woodland and chill folk indie vibe. So it could be quite quite fun. Nice, that sounds really good. Yeah. How was, um, how was it, what was it like being out with people like normal again? really really strange I mean it takes a little bit of time to get used to it but everybody was in such good spirits everybody's just so excited to be like around people again and kind of just being able to listen to live music but there was it does take a while before you remember how to dance again there is that there's like about 10-20 minutes where you're like oh god this feels a bit awkward I don't I don't know whether I'm (laughs) grooving the same way but um yeah you get back into it it's a lot of fun a lot of fun Nice, what we like to hear. Yeah, how are you doing, Greg? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. I also had my first. Actually, no, I've had a couple of night outs this weekend. So I've had the first night and the second night out on Friday and Saturday. Two very contrasting nights, without going into all the gory details. (laughs) No, that's good. But yeah, it was great. It was really good. And like you say, it's like everyone was in. Super high spirits, and it's just really great being back in a crowd. Yeah, and just everybody's just out to have a good night, really, and just kind of mm-hmm. have fun. But yeah, really, really good. It's nice. It's good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's really nice. Everyone just wants to have a really good night. I even went to a club in Gloucester that I'd never been to before. And I always never, I never wanted to go to, but it was actually okay. Was it? Dare I say I enjoyed myself. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Was it a spontaneous trip to this club? Uh, Yeah, because we were going to go to my favourite club. Well, we did go to my favourite club, but it's like a pub slash club. Yeah. And the club's normally downstairs, but it wasn't open. And they said it's not opening till next year, which is sad. Oh, is that the club that I think you're talking about? Yeah, Cafe Rene. Yeah. Um, oh, giving no. them some free marketing there. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good club. But yeah, um, it was still a good night though. I, I suppose the spontaneous nights are always the surprising, like surprisingly fun. I think. So absolutely, love a rogue night. Love a rogue night. Yes. Um, sure. Right. Should we jump into things? I think kind so. of because we didn't we didn't do a question this week. No purposefully we purposefully didn't do a question it wasn't just us being unorganized yeah (laughs) we didn't forget this time like usual exactly we were just a little well what the fuck am i going for that which (laughs) (laughs) we just we wanted to take a slightly different approach to this case 
So instead, we asked people if they'd ever... I say, well, we didn't specify just women, but all the responses we got were from women. Yeah. Um, we wanted to know if you'd ever had an incident where a man had expected like your time or your uh, energy or you know um, something sexual just because you were being nice just be- sorry just because he was being nice or deemed himself to be a gentleman which is a word that comes up a lot in today's case a gentleman mm. Mm. and we didn't get any like story specifically which is fine but yeah, we did okay. get a lot of votes um, because we just did a quick poll, like, have you ever experienced this? And 72% of people said they had, which is a lot. Is a lot, is a lot. And I don't know whether I'm that surprised. I think that, yeah, I think it is something that's quite mm, relatively common, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm very, I'm interested to hear this case though, Greg. I remember when it first um, came around and I haven't gone back to it since, so I'm looking forward to hearing the details again. But 72% is high. Is high. It is high. And you only have to look at uh, the Nice Guys subreddit mm. or the Creepy creepy PM subreddit. Like All of those have um, very similar... It's, it's widespread. It, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's really gross, really, if anything. It's just, yeah. It is, it is. I think I'm going to maybe get some examples and share them with the yeah, with the post. Or maybe after the post. Maybe I'll just do a normal post. Then. But yeah. Anyhow, let us jump into things, if that's okay with you. Mm-hmm. Right. As I mentioned at the beginning, today we are doing the case of Elliot Roger. Now, Elliot Roger was a spree killer who had some absurd beliefs about the world around him. Elliot was a huge narcissist and felt like the world was punishing him. In this episode, I'll talk a bit about Elliot's life, the spree itself, and what happened after. Mm. There will also be opportunities for us to try and like dissect what on earth has gone on with this guy, because some of the quotes that Elliot either documented or, or said specifically, are pure madness. And mm. uh, I've even lined up a clip for this one that hopefully we can include in the episode. Ooh, sounds good. Sounds good. Let us start with the night of May the 23rd, 2014. 2014? 2014, yeah, seven years ago. Wow, seven years. That seems, yeah, time has flown. I don't know, I, I was expecting it to be... Uh... More recent? Yeah. Yeah, me too. But d- don't forget, we'd have both been adults pretty much at that time. True. And the last <laughs> 18 months don't really count. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Lost time. We yeah. lost time. That night, the Californian town, Isla Vista, turned into a terrifying nightmare. Gunshots rang out and people having a night out with friends or loved ones, etc. threw themselves to the floor or fled for their lives. This was because on that night, the 23rd, Elliot Roger took extreme action due to his own toxic beliefs. That night, Elliot delivered what he called his Day of Retribution, a killing spree that took the lives of six people and injured 14 more. But who was Elliot Roger and what led him to this point? Elliot Roger was born in London in July 1991. That would have made him 22 on the night of his spree. His father was an award-winning filmmaker called Peter Roger. Don't know if you recognise the name. But... Pe- is that the rabbit? Is that a rabbit from um, uh, Peter Roger? There is definitely... Oh, no, Peter, Peter Rabbit. Yeah, oh, Peter, Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit. <laughs> oh, His dad was a famous cartoon rabbit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wrong Peter, wrong Peter. <laughs> that is so funny imagine that would explain like maybe a little bit his unorthodox views like oh yeah his dad was a cartoon rabbit and his mother was a pint of milk 
okay. That's so funny. Oh my god, oh, no, god. okay. Um, yeah. I'm not Gather even going to attempt to redeem myself there and like try and, yeah. <laughs> Wrong Peter. No, I don't recognise <laughs> recognize the name Peter Rogers. Sorry, Roger. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I mean, proper crack up. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Back to it. <laughs> back to it. Elliot Rogers' father was award-winning filmmaker Peter Roger, not to be confused with Peter Rabbit. <laughs> he was famous for his work on the Hunger Games, where I believe he was uh, assistant director. Oh wow! Okay. And a independent film called Oh My God that he wrote, produced and directed in 2009. Oh, wow. So he's kind of big. He, he was a big deal. Yeah, he seems to have been. He definitely seemed like really well off. Yeah. But his, his like Wikipedia page isn't the longest thing in the world. It only points to like oh. three things, but I'm presuming he was getting probably loads of work all over town based on the Hunger Games stuff. And he probably made a killing from that. For sure, yeah, definitely. Elliot Rogers' mother, Lee Chin, was a Malaysian nurse who had met Peter on a film set she worked on. Elliot himself had a younger sister called Georgia, funnily oh. enough. Hello. <laughs> so as I mentioned, Elliot was born in London, but his family emigrated to the US when Elliot was aged just five. Consequently, Elliot Roger was raised largely in California. When Elliot was seven, his father and mother divorced. Elliot described his parents' split as a huge, and this is a quote by the way, as a huge life-changing event, and that he was shocked by it. Okay. His father remarried just a year later, like just a year after his divorce. Elliot began his long journey with therapy the same year. Believe, I obviously can't account for each little part of Elliot's life, but I believe he stayed in therapy from that point in his life all the way to his, yeah, all the way to his death. Okay. According to his father, Elliot Roger had a hard time fitting into school. He wanted to be part of the cool crowd, but he never accomplished that. Instead, his parents moved him to various schools to try and find a place that would enable Elliot to succeed. In Elliot's journal, he would write about how his rage began building at an early age. He claimed that when he was as young as nine, uh, what he saw via his dad's industry knowledge indicated to Elliot that some people were better than others. Okay. And I think he called it like there was like two tiers or something. I didn't write all the details down, but sort of like a ranking uh, system in his mind of whether people would fit into one category or the other. Exactly, you know, top tier and bottom tier. I guess. I think he definitely started developing some toxic attitudes like that early on. Yeah. By thirteen, Elliot was a typical introverted and lonely teenager. He played online games to escape his school experience, where Elliot was bullied throughout high school. There are incidents of food being thrown at Elliot, plus times where he was physically pushed around. Again, his parents' solution was to move him around to different schools, until he ended up at a 100 student independent school. Probably quite expensive, by the way, I presume yeah. if there's only 100 kids there. I can imagine, yeah. As Elliot grew into his teenage years, a rage built inside of him. Sadly, we know that rage eventually turned lethal. However, at this point in Elliot's life, the rage wasn't conveyed outwardly. To many that knew him, it seemed like Elliot purposely tried to avoid others. His old high school principal said she wouldn't have been able to tell you what his voice sounded like because he was so withdrawn at school. Oh, wow. What's entirely fascinating about the case of Elliot Roger, though, is what he was so angry about and where that rage came from. Yeah. Elliot had so much he could be angry about. He'd emigrated away from England at five, only for his parents to divorce a couple of years later. He'd experienced relentless bullying 
and there were even potentially some undiagnosed mental issues. I believe his mother thought he has Asperger's that never got never got diagnosed. Okay. All of those things would have been fair game for stuff that Elliot could be angry about. Yeah. Yet he laid the blame somewhere else entirely. For all the things Elliot's California life gave him, the fresh BMW, designer clothes and great education, one thing was absent from Elliot's life, and that was a girlfriend. That's where he laid his anger. And not necessarily just at the fact, but at women. Yeah. Hmm. Elliot was completely unable to understand why he was unable to get a girlfriend. Elliot would write through his teenage years what he called his manifesto. And he mentioned throughout his manifesto that he was the one true gentleman. That he was wonderful and the actual alpha male. In his eyes, all the problems causing his poor form with women came from external causes i.e. Elliot couldn't comprehend his own flaws. He was completely oblivious. I've got many quotes, many, many quotes throughout this episode. So here's one that kind of highlights that last point. I'm gorgeous, but you girls don't see it. I don't understand why you're so repulsed by me. That's actually a line from his final video. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's definitely some bizarre quotes. Sex inevitably became a part of this anger. Or should I say the lack of sex? Yes. Here's another quote that depicts Elliot's sex obsession. Finding out about sex is one of the things that truly destroyed my entire life. Sex. The very word fills me with hate. I would always covet it. I would always fantasise about it, but I would never get it. Oh gosh, okay. That's quite full on. Very full on, honestly, and this is just the peak of the uh, tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Because uh, the quotes are really weird. That's an excerpt from his diary. Um, okay. So by the time Elliot was 18, any lingering goodness had gone. Instead, Elliot had become a husk filled with hatred of women. The mad part is, or at least I think this is mad, the guy was literally too terrified to approach women most of the time. He was so angry at them for rejecting him. But from what I can gather, from what I've read, that was just like rejection from afar, rejection in his head. So they hadn't even done anything at at this point. So, So he... So he never even went over to them and said, oh, would you like to go out with me? Would you like to go on a date? And then they say no. There was no communication as such, other than from afar no. he looked at them and thought, nah. Yeah, he he might have, I mean, there's a, a story be. later on about a party he goes to, you know, he might have had some occasional interaction, but largely it was that. It was just, he'd look at a woman, decide she wasn't into him, and then, or because she's with some douchebag as he liked to call them <laughs> and that to him was a slight at him yeah so every time he'd see a young couple he'd treat it or perceive it as them purposely trying to be offensive to him yes and purposely trying to like flaunt it, crochet it like it flaunt it in front of his face and like kind of haha basically yeah okay which hopefully everyone would agree that's listening anyway, is that normal people wouldn't blame anyone for not showing them affection if you haven't even approached them yet. Yeah. That is another level, I'd say. Yeah, completely. It, de- it definitely feeds into his like warped sense of reality as well. Yeah. Like, he's getting upset when no one's doing anything to upset him. It's, it's very strange. Yes, yeah. Because I think I could... Sorry, I... I, I, I I think I could understand if if he was getting repeated rejection, repeated, repeated, repeated. He's gone over to people. He's ch- he's trying his best. He's chatting with girls, you know, and all of that. And he was just constant no, no, and shunned. Then that resent. 
I don't know. I suppose that resentment could build. It's a very, it's a really difficult topic to get the wording right on it. But, but yeah, like you said, to not even approach them or communicate, and already getting that feel that they've wronged him in a certain way, that that is a another level, a step above. That's just yeah, not right. Absolutely, so weird. Yeah. That brings us to Isla Vista. Elliot was at college age at this point. He began attending Santa Barbara City College. Mm. His father, and by the way, I talk about his father a few times in this because his father actually did a whole interview. Oh. Bit, bit makes me, kind of makes my skin crawl a little oh. bit, but his father did a whole interview. So I got some quotes and stuff. Oh, not quotes, but I got some. Uh, a bit of understanding about the situation from that. Home life. Um, but yeah, his father hoped that Elliot going to college would give him independence and integrate him into normal society. A quote from his father even said that he thought college would, I quote, quickly help develop the skills that I thought was lacking in him. Oh. Okay. However, it was at college that Elliot began planning his day of retribution. Here's another quote from Elliot in reference to that plan. It was only when I first moved to Santa Barbara that I started considering the possibility of having to carry out a violent act of revenge as the final solution to dealing with all the injustices I've had to face at the hands of women and society. Okay. Again, He's laying all the blame on women and there's literally yeah. no self-reflection. It's not like, maybe I should get a nice, maybe I should start asking them questions, you know. Maybe it, there's no self-reflection. Yeah. Maybe I should ask, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the guy was a complete narcissist and therefore, like, in his mind, his inability to lose his virginity must be a problem with all women rather than a problem with him. <laughs> Yes, yeah. That, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You've got to be able to self-reflect, I think. There can't be, yeah, there can't be a problem with everybody if there's a, one correlating factor. Yeah, he clearly couldn't empathise either, you know. Uh, I watched a clip, I haven't got the exact quote. I thought about maybe getting the clip into this episode, but um, just for a bit of context to people listening... We didn't want to put too many clips in of this one because there's a bit of controversy around how much should be shared of, of his documents, yes. if you want to call them that, or his media. Um, but he did say something in that about, like, he can't understand why women don't like him. I'm beautiful. I um, dress really nicely. I have a nice car. These sunglasses cost me $300. Yeah. And there's never any, like okay, if they don't like that, what can I do? <laughs> it was never like any, let me try and understand a bit more yeah. about them. It was like, it's you don't like me and it's your fault, not mine. Because I'm God's gift. Exactly. Yeah, he thought he was God's gift. And going back to that media thing as well, it was the reason why the me- a lot of the videos have been taken down. I won't give too many spoilers. I know it's it's out there, but some of the videos... Um, have been taken down um, because they don't want copycat killers or it to influence other people to do similar things. And of course, we wouldn't want to be one of those people, like podcasts that would, um, you know, who knows? But I, I, we wouldn't want to be a part of someone getting influence over something like this and kind of feeding into that. So we thought it's best to to leave it out. If you want to go search, that's your your prerogative yes that's the one but yeah we thought we wouldn't we wouldn't take part (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got a minute clip and that's as far as we were willing to go on that yeah yeah exactly back to things so elliot's father peter who like i said i i think is a questionable character by the way for the records yeah interesting i just think he's so shitty Really? Yeah, uh. I'm so going to get sued. 
I'd... Uh, he's a lot. He probably has a lot of money as well. I mean, even just looking at it objectively, like if anyone goes out and watches the interview, again, there's I, I didn't watch the full thing in fairness, but there's very little self-reflection um, in terms of he's not like oh, I. Could... I never real. All he's saying is like, I never realized. I never realized. Never thought he could do this. Um, but in reality, what I perceived was a parent that was more happy if he just kept his son at arm's length. Um, right. So. Yeah. It was. I also think like going out and doing an interview when you're the father of a mass killer. Yeah. Is a bizarre thing to do. A really bizarre thing to do. Why would you even want to tell your side? Why would you? Why would you ever? If your son has killed six people and injured fourteen more, with a lot of them life-changing industry in injuries. Yeah. Why would you then go on a show and talk about it? Presumably, make money from that. Yeah, there is that. that yeah, there is that question of whether he got paid to do that, and it's probably it's just it's better off. And probably more respectful, just to stay silent and just kind of let the let the other people that are involved share their story, and for you not maybe not to take the limelight and just take a sit back and go, yeah, I'll happily listen to everybody and just yeah, you you fuck off out of there in your shame because there were warning says I mean on one hand he's like we didn't we never would ever thought he could do this. But then he also recalled Elliot sending him links to misogynistic websites. And okay. he, Peter, his father, claims that he tried to reason with Elliot that those websites were inherently evil and negative. And he warned Elliot of visiting them again, but apparently that was the extent of his reaction. So, uh, supposedly, Peter Roger had not realised the extent of Elliot's hatred of women, but God, if... Uh, if my son sent me, I don't have a son for the record, <laughs> and not that I know of anyway. If <laughs> if my yeah. son sent me a website to a, like a misogynistic website where you've got a bunch of guys slagging off women and um, being you know extremely negative, it wouldn't be a one conversation situation. It wouldn't be like, yeah. oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, there, there. Oh, stop yeah. it. Can you can you not go on those sites, please? Yeah. It would be like, what the fuck have I done raising you to think that that's an appropriate way to talk about half the members yeah. of the human race? It, exactly. No, that is true. That That is true. And you would check up on that and make sure that those those don't get cemented and um, you know make the foundation of that person. You're there to kind of provide the guidelines to life, um, give them the skills give them the skills to be able to go out into society and you know be be a good person so yeah you are right it wouldn't just be a, a one-time thing it would be something that's just you'd hope anyway that you would just try and install a good message and make sure yeah that they don't build the foundations of the person yeah absolutely I, there were there were even incidents before Elliot spree that gave indications of what Elliot was capable of. In 2011, Elliot threw a coffee over a couple that he was jealous of. Again, literally they hadn't done anything. They were just a couple. That's a physical reaction. Yeah. That's, That's not just thinking it in your head. Sticking with coffee as his weapon of choice. In a later incident, he splashed coffee on two girls for not smiling at him. Ooh, I say they're major red flags to <laughs> to do like <laughs> like major major red flags because that's not just thinking it from afar. That's not thinking it without communication. That's them physically doing something about it. Yeah, his reaction t- towards women is escalating. It's going from judging it from afar to now throwing coffee over it and maybe potentially hurting the person with the hot coffee. That's someone that has the potential to escalate further. And, yeah. Scary. 
in so there's all this other instance. W- w- one incident in 2013 epitomizes Elliot's weirdness. He attended a party. He was determined to hook up with a girl and lose his virginity prior to his 22nd birthday. When the girls at the party ignored him, he grew angry and climbed a 10-foot ledge before pretending to shoot partygoers with an imaginary gun. He then attempted uh... to push women off of the ledge. Some partygoers that witnessed this then shoved Elliot off the ledge himself and he broke his ankle or at least severely injured his feet. Oh my goodness. When his father arrived to pick him up, Elliot told him Elliot told his dad that he was the victim, that Elliot himself was bullied and called a faggot before being beaten up. He told the police the same story, but the case was quickly dropped when it became clear that Elliot was likely the aggressor. Oh my goodness. Wow. But that manipulation as well, that, that twist of the story thinking that he might be able to become the victim and then everyone feels sorry for him. Yeah. Like that's that's another, that's that's very interesting. Wouldn't mm. surprise me if he still in his head thought he was the victim in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He didn't get what he wanted going to that party. And that is a foreshadow, I suppose, to what happens a year later. Elliot has an online presence too. He ran a vlog where he'd often talk about how unfair his life had been. He'd talk about his difficulties with women and also revisit sentimental areas from his life. The behaviour in some of those videos is really bizarre. And at this point, Elliot was like well and truly involved in the online incel community. And I also, I didn't know this, but do you know where that word incel came from? Um, I actually did. Oh, no, I, yeah, I, not off the top of my head. You got this. You Come on, Rain Man. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. Are you going to say it now? And I'm going to be like, oh, going to say it. <laughs> yeah, carry, go, go for it. Because I, I thought that it was like a nick. A nickname given to them. Yeah. I didn't realise that they self-labelled as incels. Yeah, it's... Go oh. on, yeah, you got it. exactly. No, I'm not, I'm not going to get it. You go, you go, you go. So, yeah, I discovered that it's a self-titled nickname and it stands for involuntary celibates. That's it. I knew it was two words, in and then cell. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> involuntary celibates. You should remember that. It might come up in a quiz someday. That is, yeah, pub quiz. <laughs> uh, wow. It's not so yeah, very... Uh, oh, sorry, I don't know, they could have come up with a better name, I think. Yeah, I thought that. I thought they'd be a bit more creative. Involuntary yeah. celibate. It's a bit of a mouthful. Well, I suppose incel, but... So no, it's like an Excel spreadsheet, isn't it? I'm sure, yeah, I think <laughs> they're maybe not a creative bunch. But yeah, Elliot would engage in online incel forums and together the members of these forums would fume about their lives and women and all the unfairness. How hard they have it. And it served like an echo chamber really, just full of aggressive dickheads whinging. I suppose, yeah, you'd end up encouraging each other, wouldn't you? You would and they did, pretty much. In one clip, Elliot... So this is from his like vlog. In one clip, Elliot fumes about a young couple kissing on a bench that are, in his words, ruining his view of the beach. Oh. Elliot took his preparation to an, another level. He purchased a Glock 34 semi-automatic pistol. <laughs> he said this gave him a new sense of power. And he began stockpiling ammunition and purchasing other guns. The writing was on the wall. As one psychologist described it, these actions showed that Elliot had an intractable personality, which means that Elliot showed no doubt or apprehension about his plan 
and his only focus was on how he could go about carrying out the spree. So it was planned for a very long time then? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. It was planned for so long. Like, he was been writing this weird manifesto for... I was going to say, was it a part of that manifestation? manifesto? Yeah, yeah. He's making videos. He's writing his manifesto. He's gearing up to do it for a long time. And he showed that it was more than just talk. It was action. It was going to happen. Wow. And... This is going to be... I think I know the answer. Because he, he, at this point, he's he's just about to turn 22, right? Because um, he wanted to lose his virginity before his 22nd birthday. He he is 22 at this point. He is 22 at this yeah. point. And that, suppose, that was just for the party incident that he wanted to lose, lose, lose the V-card. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> so you can just go out and buy a gun. Once you is it over twenty one? Yeah, maybe even eighteen. I, think I don't so, know. America? I don't know whether it's eighteen, twenty one. Any American listeners out there? Let us know. We'd be interested. But do you just go and show your ID and then? That's it. That's it. You just flash 18. your ID. Say I want a flash your big ID. old gun, please. <laughs> One of those big old guns, please. Um, wow, that is um interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really, I don't want to expand on that any further. <laughs> Interesting is one word for it. I mean, that was one of yeah. the things that came out of this case. Um, There's only so much I could cover from the aftermath, so I didn't focus too much on it. But there was a lot of renewed calls for tighter gun laws. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's that's a whole nother box of frogs. I feel like if we open that kind of worms, it's. But yeah, we'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a whole that's a whole thing. Um, yeah, fascinating though that you can just do that. It is fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating because obviously over here we don't have that at all. Yeah, not 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 for a long time. In April 2014, Elliot's mother Lee Chin had not heard from Elliot for a few days. She grew nervous. She began searching online to see if she could find anything. She stumbled across Elliot's videos on his YouTube account. All the ones where he's talking about women and life and everything. And they were public? They were public, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. I think he took them down after this briefly and then put them all back up on the day of retribution. Right. So naturally mortified by the videos, Elliot's mother called her son's life coach. The... (laughs) Wow. <clears throat> the life coach then called the Santa Barbara District Mental Health Hotline and they alerted the police. They made a welfare check with six officers present. Elliot convinced the six officers that they had no need to worry and sadly the police didn't run a gun check so they were none the wiser about his stockpiling. A quote from Elliot's manifesto says, If the police had searched my room, that would have ended everything. For a few horrible seconds, I thought it was all over. Why is it that, uh, like, uh, there's so many cases like this where people that are just about to commit heinous crimes, that if the police just took that one step further or opened that one door or asked that question, it could all be stopped. So, yeah, so frustrating. Um, yeah, they, I guess they missed it on this one. Mm. So this brings us back to Friday, May the 23rd, 2014. Elliot released one final video to the world. And I thought we should listen to a clip from the video. So I've sent you a link. Let's listen. College is the time when... Everyone experiences those things such as sex and fun and pleasure. But in those years I've had to rot in loneliness. It's not fair. You girls have never been attracted to me. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me. But I will punish you all for it. They've all treated me like a mouse. Well now, I will be a god compared to you. You will all be animals. You are animals, and I will slaughter you like animals. 
I'll be a god, exacting my retribution on all those who deserve it. And you do deserve it, just for the crime of living a better life than me. What did you think of that? Wow. That was quite something. I think I was trying to watch his eye, like his expression a lot. I knew what, you know, I I remember when this all broke out, I did actually end up watching the videos. But I was just trying mm. to see if there was any emotion there, anything like going on behind the eyes. And it, he's so emotionless. Like he's so, he's angry. I know he, he you know, when you are so angry, there's just n it's just rage, isn't it? Because he doesn't raise his voice. He's just... Oh. And that point, that he, when he points at the camera, that one, scary, scary, really scary. I think that that, that cool... Coolness to it, I... Yeah, I didn't like that. When you say coolness, I presume you mean... Cool and calm and collected, not as in... Oh god, yeah, no, no. At no point do I think this is cool. I mean, as in like, oh god, choice of words, <laughs> Georgia. No, like, it just so calm and collected with his thoughts. He knows what he's about to do, and what mm -hmm. he's about to do is absolutely horrendous. And to be able to collect your thoughts that way and articulate them, he's planned this for so long. And that's that's really haunting and really scary. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of it's, it feels like a facade, like as other videos where he does this like creepy, evil villain laugh, and it feels so put on. <gasps> oh, I remember hearing that. It's it's like he's just turned into a robot. There's just nothing about him now, and he's just this sex crazed killer. He turns into the evil villain to his. His movie in his head. Very scary. What did you make of it? Similar. Well, I I, I found a clip of the whole thing, uh, which I watched, and it's just, it's so there's so many weird points where you're watching this and you're like, I'm not even surprised no one wanted to do anything with you. There's one clip where he's hanging out with friends, and I'm just like, this oh. is weird. This is so weird. He's just. Um, I just I find it all so haunting. I think it's really, really, really unnerving. I think knowing what he's about to do, yeah, is terrifying. So at the same time as uploading that final video and a, a set of his other videos, he emailed his manifesto to a handful of people. That included his parents and his therapist. And then Elliot started his plan. <sighs> Elliot had formed an entire plan for the day. Sadly, his two roommates were the first targets on the list. Oh. They'd moved in with Elliot in autumn 2013. James Hong studied computer engineering with his closest friend and roommate, David Wang. They had no idea what Elliot was planning. No. Elliot wrote in his manifesto this quote, The first two people I would have to kill are my two housemates to secure the entire apartment for myself as my personal torture and killing chamber. Oh, gosh. Elliot stabbed both of his flatmates repeatedly. Sadly, the butchery in the apartment was not over. George Chen, who was only 19, also had his life ended by Elliot. George studied computer science and spent a lot of his time doing charitable work. His father recalled the final I love you he said to George only a few days before his death, which is incredibly sad. Oh, Elliot so stabbed sad. George too, and all three of them had been, you know, it wasn't just some stab wounds, it was... A frenzy. A frenzy, yeah. Oh, that was awful. So sad. So sad. Interestingly, Elliot had planned to lure people into his apartment through, in his words, some form of trickery. That's why he felt obliged to kill his housemates. But he never really, he never lured anyone into his house, into his apartment. It was all in vain. Yeah. 
After killing his housemates and their friends, Elliot left his apartment. Elliot has researched his next victims. He heads towards a sorority house called Alpha Phi. Elliot perceived this sorority house as the one with the most beautiful girls. And what's super creepy about this in his manifesto is he described hiding outside of the sorority house in the past. What? Yeah. Oh no. This guy is such a creep. At, yeah, it's not good. At 9.25pm, with three weapons and hundreds of rounds of ammo, Elliot heads to the sorority house and hammers on the door. No. No, no one answers. He turns around and spots a new target. Three unfortunate women who happen to be walking nearby. Elliot shoots. 22-year-old Catherine Cooper and 19-year-old Veronica Weiss are killed instantly. Oh. Their friend, Bianca de Koch, is shot, three, uh, is shot five times, but survives. Wow. That's incredible that she survived. Wow. So lucky. Well, actually, scratch that. It's not lucky, but it's... No, it's... it's Yeah. Yeah. It's just such an awful event. Elliot. I can't believe the, no one opened the door as well to the sorority house. Yeah, exactly. Just... He might have caused... He might have had a higher victim count if, if they had. Oh, awful. Elliot heads to his next destination, Isla Vista Deli. Supposedly, Elliot was a regular customer at the store, and it's busy inside. Customers throw themselves to the floor and behind cover as Elliot open fires. Chris Martinez, a 20-year-old who wanted to become a lawyer, is hit by several bullets, killing him, sadly. Elliot isn't finished. He drives the streets, firing at random and using his car as a weapon. Elliot open fires at a pizza restaurant and at a 7-Eleven store. Elliot makes his way to several other locations, continuing to shoot and use his car to batter people. Wow, oh god, awful. I think this is like my worst nightmare, I think. It's just, yeah. just so scary. It's just not something you'd ever expect on a, when you're no. on it's a Friday night, you, you know, out enjoying yourself. Yeah. In total, Elliot seriously injured 14 people. Finally, police locate the vehicle and shoot at his vehicle. Elliot returns fire, but he's hit in the he- in the hip, which I fucking love as well because I hope that kind of hurt. Well, yeah, I bloody hope it hurt, but I also hope it kind of killed his mirage of what was going on. You know, like snapped in two. Yeah, no, no. I do. It didn't snap. I presume it didn't snap in two because he still went on to kill himself and finish the plan. Bit of a spoiler alert there, but yeah. But I just hope that the pain was like an oh fuck, this is real, (laughs) and this. Yeah, yeah, like it. it, You, this is reality now. This is this is real life. Yeah. At nine thirty-five, Elliot was found with a gunshot wound to his head. In his car were the three semi-automatic pistols, knives, six empty 10-round magazines, and 540 rounds of unspent ammunition. Elliot's parents released a joint statement. It read, We are crying in pain for the victims and their families. It breaks our hearts on a level that we didn't think possible. The feeling of knowing that it was our son's actions that caused the tragedy can only be described as hell on earth. What do you think about that? It's a difficult one. I mean, you know, I, I, as you were reading that, I was thinking, if I, a family member did do something like that, it would break your heart. It would be, you would feel pain for something, you know, because it was out. It was out of your control. You didn't physically do that, hmm. and you would want to express that. You know, you you aren't connect. You didn't. You aren't connected in a way. I don't know. I don't know. It's a really. Is it best to say nothing at all, or is it best to try and say that? What do you think? Well, I was thinking. I think. Firstly, it's best to say nothing at all. 
um, because I think you're only adding to the anger that's probably being felt by the victims' families. Yeah. yeah. And if you are going to say something, which again, like what you're saying, like you can understand why they maybe want to, but surely you say sorry. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah, that, yeah. Whether, but then, but then they didn't do it. I don't know. It's really difficult. But it's they're responsible for their son. I, I would still be so apologetic. I've raised someone that's gone on to do this. Yeah. No, you are. Yeah, you are right. I have raised someone that's got this as a capable. You're right. Like they didn't. They didn't shoot anyone. But they. But it's like, I was thinking with like serial killers and then their family. Do they go out and openly apologise for something that their serial killer husband or son or whoever... I mean, this is a serial killer. He did kill multiple people. Do you apologise? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, actually. I guess but in those circumstances, they they rarely release a statement. Do they? I don't know, actually. I just maybe it's best to say nothing at all. I'm sure these people would know. They don't. They don't need your. Like you said, you don't need to add fuel to the fire. Maybe it's just best to sit. You know, it's this isn't a moment for you to express your feelings on how it is. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, exactly. It's, it shouldn't be your moment. It's the victim's moment, and you can always. I, you can always... I, the family of serial killers is a really interesting point, actually. Because you'd never really... You'd never really expect, like, the wife of a serial killer or their children or anything like that. They'd never apologise yeah. because often they're victims themselves. With parents, it's slightly different. And as we know, a lot of the times, parents of serial killers are also quite toxic people. I'm just thinking of, like... Fred, we said that Fred West's mama used uh, mama, Fred West's mother did some like bizarre things. Yes, well, it, it goes down to the nature and nurture, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's not always the case. Don't it's get me not wrong. always the case. It's not all the case. Not always that parents are horrible of serial killers or killers are horrible. And some, you know, and sometimes they are none the wiser parents of serial killers may never have even had a clue that something like this could have happened and yeah it's it's a difficult one i don't know what the right answer is um i still think a good person that is apologetic yeah even sometimes when you have nothing to be sorry for do you know what i mean i mean i would definitely yeah i would apologize i'm only playing devil advocate but <laughs> yeah but no, do they have I... do they have yeah but do they have to? I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, and hopefully I'll never will find out. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we never have to get your masterclass on. Go through it, yeah. But um, I don't know what the right answer is, um, and I don't know if they need to apologise, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Let's see what... See what the listeners think as well. That'd be interesting. Yeah, really curious. Maybe this is just me being excessively harsh, and no, no, it's maybe I'm gonna get sued, and I'm gonna be in jail forever. <laughs> um, but yeah. So we're almost at the end. Like I said, I was just gonna talk for a little bit of the aftermath. Within hours of the attack, Elliot's final video was being watched by people around the world who wanted to comprehend what on earth has happened. And while the majority of people identify Elliot Rogers as a misogynistic scum, there were sadly some who didn't see it that way. Mm, really? Yeah. Elliot is horrifically labelled as a hero on some social media pages, including one uh. tastelessly called Rest in Peace Elliot Roger. Ooh. Social media companies race to remove those posts and those pages. The attack sparked a wider discussion on violence against women and misogyny. Elliot was very open with his hatred on the forums he frequented. He even mentioned his plans. He wrote, and this is a genuine quote from something he posted on the site, I will slaughter every single spoiled, stuck-up, blonde slut I see inside there. 
all those girls I've desired so much, they have all rejected me and looked down on me as an inferior man. <gasps> the International Centre for Counterterrorism described the attacks of Elliot Roger as an act of misogynist terrorism. Wow. Weirdly, there seemed to be debate. Some argued that Elliot Roger wasn't even a misogynist. I don't understand how that's possible when the man literally claims on camera he wants to murder women for spurning his advances. But many played yeah. but many played on the fact that Elliot killed more men than women. But I don't think that was ever part of his plan. I think that was probably by accident. Agreed. In some incel communities, it's even common for posts to glorify violence by self-identified incels. And Roger, uh, or sorry, Elliot Roger, is frequently referenced and sometimes gets called a saint. People have even made memes in which his face has been superimposed onto paintings of Christian icons. Wow. That's offensive. It's even common to see references to E.R. Elliot Roger in incel forums. And mass violence by incels is regularly referred to as going ER. Ooh. So it's weird. There's like a set of blokes and boys or whatever, and men out there that are like glorifying this guy for... He did become a, a quote, a god within that, that, that he wanted. He said, you know, in that video that we heard, yeah. I will become a god and all of this. And... They've managed to honour that for him. Yeah. Which, oh, gross. Elliot Roger has been referenced by the perpetrators or suspected perpetrators of several other mass killings too. For example, Alec Minasian, who killed 10 and injured 16 in Toronto, Canada, posted on Facebook before the murders this quote, Private recruits Minasian Infantry 00010. Wishing to speak to Sergeant 4chan, please. C234... Uh, sorry, C2324961. The incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacys. All hail the Supreme Gentleman, Elliot Roger. Ah, oh, I remember that. That's awful. Now it's almost like he's got secondary blood on his hands. Yeah. And that's it. That is the case. That's all I've got on Elliot Roger. But hopefully for those of you, including yourself, Georgia, <laughs> well, you have no choice. Yeah. But for those of you that have stuck <laughs> with it, it's, you found it interesting because it is just one of the most shocking cases ever. It's such, a, such an interesting case. It definitely, yeah, it is one that sticks with you. And I suppose with that last quote, that last quote that you just said there, Greg, it kind of does, we kind of understand why those videos maybe have been taken down yeah. to stop, to not encourage people to commit crimes like this because with all the glory, you know, he has been glorified within certain groups after after the fact. Yeah, I can see why they would, people would be scared that videos of the crime could be a form of encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us, Greg. You definitely did a really good job on that and very, very interesting. I think, God, wow. A lot of food for thought. <laughs> a lot of food, a lot of food for thought, a lot of food for the minds. Um, mm. Do you want to run through the socials just in case anyone hearing this wants to share some of their experiences with true gentlemen like Elliot Roger? Yes, absolutely. I. You can send your true crime or paranormal stories to goinguiltypodcast at gmail.com or go on our Instagram at goinguiltypodcast. And I definitely think after we release this episode, like you said at the beginning, that we should do some polls or share some stories of nice guys and like true gentlemen and things like that of real life incidences, like little short things maybe do some polls relating to this episode of, you know, should the parents apologise, should they not, or should this or should that, some of the questions that we rose in this episode. But. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, but yeah, of course, like always, if you did so enjoy it, then please subscribe and review. We recently got a new review, which we were so excited about <laughs> and really appreciate. <laughs> um, but yeah. Thank you to whoever left that review. It was very kind. And remember, we won't judge if. Gore is your guilty pleasure. Thanks for Thanks, listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.